Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. The title of the message today is Get in the Middle of It. Get in the Middle of It. Of it. Let's read Luke the 23rd chapter. I'm going to be reading from the New Living, New Living Translation. So it may read a little differently from what you're accustomed to. Verse 26 says, as they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside, just coming in from the countryside. And the soldiers seized him and put cross on him. And made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, fortunate indeed are the women who are childless. The wombs that have not borne a child and the breasts that have never been nursed. People will beg the mountains fall on us and plead with the hills bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when, the, when it is dry? Jesus describing hard times and some of those who will be going through you couldn't even imagine what it would be like in that time. He said, don't even grieve for me. There's coming a time where you'll really grieve. Verse 32, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him, Jesus. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right, and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice, playing games in the midst of the crucifixion. The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself. If he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man, Jesus, hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Our base scripture where God spoke into my spirit. And so I need you to preach to believers today 
to get back into the middle of it. This story of the crucifixion, which is the final time that humanity during that time would see Jesus in the flesh. We know as we read scriptures that Jesus did return as a transfigured body or transfigured spirit to his apostles. But this is the last moment that those who saw Jesus in the flesh is going to see him. And in this moment, in this vulnerable but yet humiliating moment, there is a message that Jesus still wants to send the church. Here, he's in the midst of walking out of the courtroom. A man is coming out of the, the woods and the countryside. And they tell this man, now you help him carry his cross. In the midst of it, Jesus tries to show that he's right in the middle of it all. To his left, there's a sinner. And to his right, there is a sinner. Like never before have we seen people who only stand on the left and people who only stand on the right. So much so that's all that we've heard over the last couple of months as people give their argument for standing on the left. Uh, and people give their argument which are the liberals and the people who give their argument for standing on the right which potentially are the conservatives we've heard this extremism in the world where people are only on the left and people are only on the right but we can see clearly through scripture that Jesus is in the middle of it he's in the middle on the cross between two sinners I believe if the world is going to come, if the church, excuse me, is going to come out of the fog of the world, we must understand that Jesus is the one who reconciles our differences. Even when we look at Jesus' example in the earth during his time, he was a man who was controversial. Jesus would be found a holy man described as never sinned in his life but yet he would be eating dinner with publicans and sinners for those who were religious and those who believed that, that he should only be on the right side would find this righteous Jesus on the left side hanging around publicans and sinners Sometimes they would question our Jesus and how he could be the savior of the world and he has found himself in the company of publicans and sinners. And then this same Jesus, after demonstrating that he can be on the left, then he would float over to the to right side and then he would tell us that, that broad is the way that leads to uh, destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to righteousness. And how could somebody who was just with publicans and sinners eating with them then jump around and tell you that you can't live a broad life you got to live a narrow life it shows us that Jesus stands in the middle of it all and reconciles our differences
It's important for me to preach this message to your spirit and it is important for me to preach this message not just to this church but to the body of Christ because some of us as believers have gotten caught up into the fog. Some of you are just for the left and some of you are just for the right and I believe as people of God we are in error because we are supposed to be more dedicated to the middle. We are supposed to be more dedicated to the center of it all yeah I'm coming for you you may be somebody who's an activist for the Democratic Party you may have a job for the Republican Party but after you finish earning your livings your lifestyle should be one that reconciles man back to God and to do so you got to be in the middle you got to be in the middle of it to do it you got to be in the middle of it to do it we have seen people go to the extremes of things at this time and what's happening in the earth is the earth is lacking balance the earth is lacking balance the truth of the matter if you want to look at it there are some things on the democratic platform that we need and there are some things on the republican platform that we need if you look at it there are some things on that democratic platform platform that we don't need and there's some things on the Republican platform that we don't need and if you can look at it from there you have gotten caught up as a believer into the fog of being left or right and the ultimate thing you should be is in the center or the middle of it all and I believe Jesus wants to speak to the church so that we can get back in the middle of it we get back in the middle of it and I believe we're going to be people of revolution and people who are not bought out by nothing but Jesus blood come on we used to get all spiritual and stirred in the spirit when we would quote that old hymn come on that we will not take anything else but Jesus blood and his righteousness come on we won't even trust the sweetest friend but we will only lean on Jesus blood and his righteousness things like that would move us but now the church if we're not careful we're being swayed by the media we've been swayed by CNN Fox News Newsmax and whatever you get your sources from to the point that it dilutes us from where God wants us to be and I want you to see something in Mark the 8th chapter I got a few verses here in other places I want you to see something in Mark the 8th chapter how Jesus deals with Peter in Mark the 8th chapter but gives a message to us Mark the 8th chapter verse 30 to 38 I got some reading to do here to make my point and he charged them that they should tell no man of him and he began to teach them and he began to teach them yeah this is good he began to teach them the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and priests and the scribes and be killed and three days rise again Jesus is telling them that even as a believer you will go through persecution you will go through tough things to be a real believer and he wants them to know that he's not exempt from suffering all right he's not exempt from suffering all right verse 32 and he spake that openly and Peter took him it means Peter grabbed Jesus and began to rebuke him and so in this moment Jesus uh, is being rebuked by Peter which you already know something's wrong 
when Peter is rebuking Jesus, you know something is wrong when Peter is telling Jesus how the gospel should be. When Peter has now took the leadership role in the gospel and now we're no longer following Jesus, we're following Peter. And I think we're making some errors in the body of Christ that we're no longer following Jesus, we're following Peter. We're following, let me talk about Peter real quick. Now Peter got saved, but, but part of Peter, part of Peter still need to be delivered. Here it is, verse 33. But when he had had turned about and looked on his disciples he rebuked Peter so he said y'all see this Peter tried to rebuke him and he looked at his disciples y'all see this Peter he rebuked Peter saying get thee behind me Satan and so he recognized the voice that's coming out of Peter is not one of God but it's one from Satan for thou savorest not the things that be of God but the things that be of men. Now, Peter, you just declared in these verses, the previous verses I didn't read, but the previous uh, background of this is Jesus wanted to know who do men say I am. And Peter was the one who recognized that Jesus was the son of the living God. Jesus rewards Peter with affirmation and says, flesh and blood has not revealed that unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. And then the next moment when Jesus talks about suffering, sacrifice, Sacrificial lifestyle immediately G Peter is basically saying you can't suffer because I don't plan to suffer see you can't go through because I don't plan to go through you you can't go through this because I don't plan to go through nothing I don't plan to, to give up nothing I don't plan to live a sacrificial life so you can't go through anything and then Jesus rebukes him and say you are talking like men you are talking carnal you're talking like the world I believe the church is getting out of its original nature and what God wants to do because we're starting to talk we're Christians talking like the world and Jesus rebukes Peter because he represents a person who knows that Jesus is the Christ but they don't want to act like what it takes to be a real Christian and so Peter gets rebuked and told that he's acting like Satan and he's talking like men of the world verse 34 and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also he said unto them let me give all of you a lesson he called everybody whosoever will come after me if you're going to chase me if you're going to be a God man if you're going to be a God woman if you're going to be a God believer if you're going to chase God you're going to come after me you got to deny yourself you got to give up yourself you got to start living a sacrificial life take up your own cross that's your way of living and follow me for whosoever will save listen to this this spiritual nugget on how some of y'all been wondering how to get a breakthrough Lord I want to find my career I want to find this for my life it's right here in the text verse 35 for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it so the more you focus on what you ain't gonna do for God what you're not willing to give up the more you're losing your life the more you become rebellious the more you're losing your life the more you think about only yourself and self-identity and self-righteousness you're losing your life the more you try to save it you're losing it but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel the same shall save it let me tell you how you find your life when you start Clearing everything out of the way and Jesus becomes the center of your being you start to find your life I'm talking about every aspect of your life you start to find his goodness you start to find his blessing you start to find everything come on now 
that comes in your life. I often tell a story in my life when I was getting very serious with the Lord. It's really the time, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, but I know the spiritual principle is true because it happened to me. When I was getting really serious about my life being God-centered only, it's the time that God decided that I needed a spouse. Now, I wasn't even totally thinking about a spouse. I was only 20 years old. I had accepted the gospel to preach at 19, and at 20 years old, God started talking to me about marriage. I was like, my God. God said, what else you got to do? It's time for you to get on the road to your destiny. What else you got to do? What else you got time to play around for? What else you think you plan on doing for me? God started talking to me about a spouse. God started talking to me, and the time I start giving up everything, backing away from the things of the flesh, backing away from the things that I would just want to do, and making sure that God's stuff became priority. Can I say in this season, I got to talk to us believers because some things are no longer priority that belongs to God. We've allowed other things to get the forefront. We've allowed other things to become the things that should be the center of our lives. And we're acting like Peter. We're acting like a Christian who talks like the world. We're acting like a believer who believes in Jesus, knows he's the Christ, but our conversation sounds like somebody who never met him. And he says, the way you find your life is to give up everything. And in that moment of my life, when I was giving up everything, because I don't know what you're talking about, I was giving up my youth. I was 20 years old, had a full strands of strands of hair on my chin. I was starting to feel myself out two years out of my parents' house, doing my own thing in college, had my own apartment, doing what Joe would do. But in the midst of it, God said, give me your youth. Give me your youth. Don't wait till you're 35 to talk about serving me. Give it to me right now. I want to do something with you. And at the moment I was giving up my life, God was adding to my life. Some of you are going through loss right now but the loss is because your priorities are out of order and you are out of balance you're out of balance in your life and God's trying to correct us so the blessing can begin to flow back into our lives verse 36 follow me he says for what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul. Now this scripture is supposed to make every believer jump up and down, praise God. It's supposed to make every believer praise God with exuberant joy because you understand that the greatest blessing in your life is not a car or a house or a new job. Not the greatest. The greatest blessing in your life is to win the victory over your soul. The greatest, the greatest blessing. And I believe we have replaced the greatest blessing in many of our fundamental beliefs. Some people in Christianity care more about names, care more about who they hang with. Some pastors care about more what celebrities come to their church. Because every time they talk about they tell everybody who visited and who came and who was members and all this other kind of stuff and people are losing their saltiness and the church is losing its way but this scripture says the greatest blessing to have in your life is the victory over your soul when you can win the battle over your soul when you win the battle on where you're going to spend eternity that is the greatest blessing of your life and that's what this scripture says what shall it profit a man meaning it ain't nothing to have two million dollars in the bank I, 
offshore's account, a five-car garage, and your soul is lost. What good it is is to have the riches of this world but don't know Jesus? What good it is to be good it is to be in a magazine and everybody calling out your name but you have not won the battle of your soul by giving your life to Jesus. This is the bedrock of who we are. The bedrock of who we are as believers. It says we can receive money. It says we can live in mansions and houses. It says we can but not at the expense of our soul. It puts the line in the sand as believers that nothing is worth my soul. And I'm trying to get the church back to what God cares about which is souls. That's why people are all in disarray. That's why the church don't know what to do in this season because we have lost that the soul is the most important thing to God and Jesus cares about souls and we get lost in the rhetoric of the world and we forget that we have an assignment by Jesus and that Jesus cares about soul and the first soul is yours so what does it profit a man it brings us back down to square one that what we have to gain in the world is never greater than winning the greatest blessing which is your soul I want to make sure you catch that that's the greatest blessing uh, that you can ever have is to win the battle of your soul and where you will spend eternity that's the greatest battle and when you settle that through the blood of Jesus Christ covering your sins and accepting them, that is the greatest blessing in your life. So that means you will never be overridden by any type of invitation to any place, invitation to the White House, invitation to the governor's mansion. I'm not saying we go places as ambassadors. So I'm not saying we don't go. We go places. I'm going places. But I've already settled the greatest blessing. So any other thing that comes in this world, I thank God for it. But it would never ever take the place at the expense of our soul. And this is the message that we need as a church so we can get back into the middle of it. And we can get back into the place where we can speak unto an adulterous generation John the first chapter verse 2 uh, 15 through 17 says like this it tells us as believers love not the world I read I repeat the scripture for you, you should write it down first John the second chapter verse 15 and through 17 it tells us to love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for it says to us our greatest love will never be what's in the world our greatest love is the love of the father our greatest love and our allegiance must be to the kingdom of God our allegiance and y'all just think pastor Joe somewhere yeah I'm somewhere because I've been interceding for the body of Christ I'm not worried about the world the world is the world but I'm concerned about the body of Christ at such a time as this I'm not worried about the the world the world act likes the world but when the church starts losing losing its righteous nature we got to reprove the church and get us back aligned we are not to love it says love not the world we're not to love the world uh, love the world more than we love the father verse 16 for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life and it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. So if you start pursuing at a higher allegiance the things of the world, you're going to get caught up in the lust of the flesh. 
You're going to get caught up in the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. You're going to start becoming arrogant. You're going to start worrying about who you hang with. And that's why Jesus with publicans and sinners because he was trying to show that he can fit in wherever he needs to be in order to preach the gospel, in order to be a light, in order to bring light to darkness, in order to be salt to the earth. All right. And verse 17 says, and the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God, catch that abideth forever. So that's how you're going to reign in eternity and reign eternally is by doing the will of God. And God is trying to urge us as believers to get back into the center and get back into the middle of it to get back into the middle of what's going on in this world don't be stuck to the left and don't be stuck to the right get back to the middle of it and I wanted you to see that in a certain way I've gave you some basic scriptures that's that's I gave you some base scriptures you got it but I wanted you to see uh, how this scripture in Luke 23 relates to these verses I've just mentioned clearly we see that in the midst of being embarrassed mocked crucified uh, as a innocent man done no wrong even one of the criminals come and speak up on behalf he becomes a witness that Jesus has done no wrong criminal says this man has done nothing wrong and the witness speaks up for Jesus innocence but in the midst of his innocence he shows us what it is to sacrifice on behalf of the world and get in the middle of what's going on in the world Jesus is on the cross and he's between two sinners one on the left and one on the right one on the right one 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 of the sinners is willing to have a conversation about redemption another one is willing to mock and pick at Jesus and wonder if he's really the Messiah why couldn't he save himself but I want you to know that Jesus was still there for both of them don't you get confused about the noise that's coming from one of the criminals don't you get off task because one of them who needs Jesus don't recognize he's getting needs Jesus don't you get off task because people in the world are talking foolish don't you get off task Jesus recognized he's not there on the cross for the one who's loving him right now and one who has a reverential heart right now he's there for both of them and we as people of God got to get back into the center and the middle of it and not be so lefty and not be so righty we got to get in the center Jesus says I'm here for both of them I'm here for both of them on the cross and in the midst of this and this is my final point and I'm done here today this is my final point I want us to catch the posture of Jesus while he's reconciling the world I want you to catch it because the body of Christ got to return back to this type of lifestyle we got to return back to a yes lifestyle a yes I want you to notice the posture of Jesus while he's on the cross is a very vulnerable posture and one of the most significant parts about it is his hands is uplifted his hands been uplifted many of us know that F is a sign of surrender now those who are pissing Jesus in the side those who are mocking Jesus they think that his surrender means he's weak those who know the text knows that Jesus could have called a legion of angels at that moment and smite all one of them all of them could have died and he could have jumped off the cross so his hands being lifted while it looks like he's at the beckoning power of those who are tormenting him and, 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 and crucifying him. The truth of the matter is you got to be able to stand surrendered to the one who calls you even though the 
world is mocking you and this is the strength that is oozing out of us this is the strength that we're losing as a believer in the body of Christ as we don't have the ability to stand in the middle be mocked be be sacrificial while the world mocks us but God gets the glory in the midst of it Jesus is in a yes posture and I believe what God's trying to make sure is happening in the body of Christ is that we got a yes posture too many pastors have started saying no to God and yes to celebrityism too many leaders are saying no to God and yes to magazines and we've traded we've traded the wealth of the world for the spiritual power of God and that's why they're mocking the church because we lack character we lack diligence we lack patience we lack the virtues that shows that God is on our side that's why they're mocking the church because they know we can be bought and I don't understand how a people who was supposed to be bought by the blood can be bought again I don't understand a people who are bought by the sacrifice can be bought again and the church is getting bought again the church is being bought by all types of things in the world because we're falling in love with the world versus in love with the assignment and in love with the one who put us in the world and I know that sounds uh that sounds a little different but let me say it right here let me say it very clear to you so you'll understand God hadn't sent you here to do your own thing let me make it clear to you while you walking writing down what you plan to do where you plan to be and I'm not talking about a person who lacks no drive and no ambition or no initiative but while you just focus on you God said you need to be focused on me because Jesus and God had not allowed you through his divine providence for you to be in sovereignty for you be in the world and he not get what he wants out of you he wants his goodness out of you and he wants you to get back into the middle of it Jesus stands with a posture of a yes and that's where God wants the church to be back into the posture of a yes where our hands are lifted up where nothing is higher than he is and Jesus shows us in the last demonstration before he goes to visit the to visit his disciples before he ultimately is ascended his last demonstration to the world or the humanity at large was the church needs to be a yes to the world and I know we're so focused on what's going to happen in the world but I'm focused on what's happening in the church I'm focused on the church being able to fulfill God's kingdom assignment. The world's going to be the world. The world's going to be greedy. The world's going to be lustful. The world's going to be liars. The world's going to be cheaters. They're unregenerated. I'm just talking about people when I say the world. I'm talking about people outside the covenant of Jesus Christ. They're going to act like what they're connected to. But those of us who are believers, it's time for us to get back in the middle of it. Christ wants us back in the middle of it. And that's what the Holy Spirit began to speak to me all week long. Is I need my believers to get back in the middle of it. When I died on the cross, I was in the middle of it. I was placed in the middle of two sinners to show a world that they needed a savior. He's neither to the left and he's neither to the right. It means that he is left and he is right. It means that what we're losing in the world is the ability to be balanced. One of the greatest perverse abominations that are happening in such a time as this is the lack of balance. 
The world are living on extremes. The world is on a crash course, living on extremes and lacking balance. Jesus want to put the church back into the center of it all. He wants to put his kingdom back in the center to redeem the world. The Holy Spirit wants me to remind the church at large of our calling. We're not supposed to sit back and pick at the world. We're supposed to be there to intercede for the world. That's why Jesus is in the middle. He's an intercessor. And I like never before, let me say this if I hadn't said it before. I'm sure I have, but I'll say it again like it's my first time. Even in the season that we're in, it's not a season to get off our knees. It's not a season for us to stop praying. We got some warfare going on supernaturally in the world. And we got to stay in intercession right now like never before. We got to stay prayerful. And like never before, Jesus is trying to make sure we're in the middle of it. So this word is a word of encouragement. It's a word of correction to the body of Christ. To get back in the middle. Get from being just on the right. Get from being just on the left. And become a reconciler of mankind to the kingdom of God. Jesus is both left and right. And we need to get in the center of it all. Jesus was in the middle of it. We need Jesus to be the center. It means also that Jesus become the nucleus of what we do. I'm praying because we can't think that there are not people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We cannot think that there are not people who are in government positions. Governmental positions who are saved and who love Jesus. We cannot think that God has raised up people who have a secular assignment or a secular location but take a spiritual assignment they're educated they're intellectual they understand government and they work within government specifically they're aide they're a leader they're a senator they work in the house of representatives and they love jesus and like never before we need to intercede for them as well for those god is allowed to be in those places that they will stay in the middle of it even if they work on the democratic side even if they work on the republican side that they always remember that Jesus is the reconciler of mankind and God wants to get in the middle of it in the center of it and so today I want to make sure that the body of Christ is corrected and the body of Christ is not talking like the world and our pursuits are not like one like the world true enough we're going to be blessed true enough everybody say true enough come on say true enough say true enough if you hadn't settled that, then, then we need to get you more teaching in your spirit. We need to get you more into the word of God. True enough, you're going to be blessed on the journey. True enough. Right now, wherever state you're in, the Bible tells us learn to be content. Meaning, don't live a life of lustful covetousness. Be at peace. Be content that God's going to bless you. Even in the state that you're in. Be content. Don't you trade out your ethics for a position. Don't you trade out your reputation to be friends with somebody you know you ain't supposed to be with. Don't you trade out your godly character for a raise. Don't you trade out your holy attitude, your holy disposition to be in some type of clique. Get your esteem together. Get your identity together. And know that you are the salt of the earth. 
and it's time for us to get back in the middle of it God's not trying to take us out of the world we're in the world but we're not of the world we're in it but we're not of it we're in it but we're not of it and God is trying to put us right back in the middle of it and like never before I want to make sure we're interceding oh here's the assignments for us I want to make sure that we're aligned I want to make sure that when you talk about politics that you're balanced enough to represent to know that there's good and bad on both sides and if I wasn't clear on last week I'll be clear today well, I'll be clear today while well, I voted and voted for the person of choice that I felt was to be the best to lead this country as a leader it don't matter the end result is we still got to pray for who's in the White House because if you think that things couldn't happen under the new president you're wrong if you think everything's gonna be easy peasy and we don't have a war that's still raging you're wrong you're in error if you think we don't got things to contend even with potentially the new administration you're in error if you didn't vote for Trump and you voted for Biden or for, for someone else but not Trump and you just think everything is just gonna be rosy you're in error God says you need to center in the spirit and there are believers who are off course they're off assignment there are some of you who feel like and this is the error that happened in the body of Christ there are those who voted for Trump that feel like if Trump wasn't in office then everything was gonna be doom and gloom the devil is alive rebuke in Jesus name you are wrong God's gonna have good days regardless of Trump you are, you're out of order you're wrong and for those who voted for Biden who thinks everything's gonna be beautiful because Biden's in office you're wrong there are some things we're gonna have to pray through where there's some things we're going to have to fast through. There's some guidance this administration is going to need to purify their platform. Oh, we're not finished. We're not finished. And some of the body of Christ have cut off the assignment of the Lord. And we're no longer in the middle of it. And we're acting like the world. And clearly, I want you to hear my message today from the heart of God, which is a rebuke, a time of renewal, is to get back in the middle of it. I didn't call you to be on the left and the right. I know you participate in the world, you're in the world, so you had to choose a side for the vote, but for lifestyle, you're in the middle of it. For lifestyle, you're in the middle of it. If your hands will be lifted, I want to pray this blessing all over us. Take it to the Lord. I want us to pray today for the body of Christ. I've already prayed for those who our Christian who are called to be in office I pray for them that no matter what side they represent that they will be inundated by the presence of God that they're in the middle of working for Christ even if it's through government I need y'all to become intercessors for this world I know I heard God clearly said Pastor Joe don't you let the church off the hook in this season I need you to make sure the body of Christ is focused our intercessors are praying through this because he told me clearly some some churches just feel like because Biden is to become the new president that everything just gonna be well God said that ain't what I said I said to pray I said to upgird this administration just like you should have upgird the other administration in righteousness and the church got to stop acting like the world 
See, the world only participate in the good for the people they like. So everyone else is crazy. The church is acting the same way. And there are Christians who need to repent because they prayed faithfully for President Trump through his administration. They fast. They prophesied. But they had no unction of the Spirit during the years of Obama. Barack Obama. You are in error to the assignment according to the, the book of Timothy that we ought to pray for all those in authority. You're in error. I didn't say you had to like somebody to pray. See, you're still immature as a Christian if you only can pray because you like people. The Bible says pray for your enemies. Pray for those who wrongfully treat you and persecute you. That's the call to be sacrificial. And clearly, I don't want you to think God is displeased with many in the body of Christ. Because you've lost the middle. You've lost the ability to reconcile people to God. Focused on being left or right. I want you to hear me clearly. I don't want you to read between the lines. I am rebuking you according to the word of the Lord. You have been in error if you've been more on the left or more on the right and not in the center. Don't think I'm talking to them. If I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. God has come to correct the church and align us for his will. Many pastors, leaders, and bishops are getting corrected through the Spirit too. They prayed for President Trump and prophesied, but they didn't pray for Barack Obama. And now some of them are saying there's no way that God can use Biden. And they're in error as well. And I'm speaking on this because this is an apostasy. This is the signs of a backslidden church because it's coming out of the mouth of the body of Christ. It's the sign of a church that has lost its assignment. It's a sign of a church that's talking like the world and no longer have the ability to be so in the earth. To be intelligent, to have perspective, to even be able to choose a side for the point of a political affiliation. But ultimately, don't get confused. I'm on the Lord's side. Keep your hands left, lifted right there. I'm about to pray because God's grace is on us. And I'm praying today for all our senators and legislatures. I'm praying for our pastors and our leaders. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for devout Christians. I mean, people who love the word of God. Love the word of God, but didn't have enough strength to reconcile that democracy was not theocracy they didn't have enough strength to reconcile that democracy was not theocracy and they didn't know what to do if President Biden would become president because of the lack of the pro-life platform but many who can believe it's because you have put your belief in the wrong place and I'm not saying this, to be clear, I'm not saying any of them. <laughs> Let me get the body delivered. We focus too many times from a political realm which one is chosen by God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And the truth out of them, neither one of them are. <laughs> they chosen by man. And that ain't nothing deep. They count popular vote and based on the popular vote and the electoral votes or the candidates, the representatives per state, then you got to win them. 
<laughs> Y'all can be deep all you want to. God ain't chose none of them. Because we're not living in a theocracy, we're living in a democracy. Did you see America going a fast for 20 days? That we will seek God for who will be the next president? Did you see everybody bow down and not fast nationwide? That we may seek the Lord that he will send us a clear sign? Oh, let me go all the way. Did we have a president, President Trump, who's going, did we have a president that led us as a nation to repentance? No. So the Holy Ghost already told me how people was in error. And I'm not saying that God didn't use them. Don't get confused between what God can use and then what God chooses. Saul, God used. David, God chose. Both of them had weaknesses. But there's a difference between who man chooses and who God chooses. God used Saul and he did notable things. Read the book. King Saul did notable things, but he wasn't chosen by God. God used him. David was used. That's in the godly context. None of our presidents were chosen by God. None of them. But they are on the side where God has used them. And when we get rid of this confusion that America is not theocratic, let me, let me correct this too. Part of the problem is we think America is submitted to God. America is not submitted to God. America, from the founding founding fathers, this is good stuff, this is the Holy Ghost. The founding fathers believed in what they call Judeo-Christianity or Judeo-God or having an almighty God. And so they even in the constitution, the word God is in there because they believe in a monotheistic one, uno, God, above all, a sovereign God. But all because you believe in God, this is one of my posts that really upset people. All because you believe in God or believe there is a God doesn't mean that you saved. And all because America fundamentally believes there is a God doesn't believe that doesn't mean that America is a Christian nation. So to be clear, America is not a Christian nation. It is not. All because you believe in God don't mean you submitted to Him. And we've seen that because there ain't no way. Let me be through, but I'm helping people get delivered from religion. I'm almost through, but this is important. Because there's no way you believe in God and submitted to God and you committed crimes on humanity. The same people who believed there was a God came and raided the Indians, took their land. The same people who believe there is a God took African Americans and put them in slavery and then fought that they'll be maintained as a three-fifths of a person or be considered property. The same people because they're religious and what I'm trying to tell you as the body of Christ that America has had a seat of being religious for years and don't you be fooled America is not submitted to God America is not a Christian nation America is a is a religious nation that believes there is a God fundamentally but are not submitted to God and some of us have gotten caught up almost through but the Holy Ghost wants me to rebuke the church We've allowed the world to take us by swarm 
over a flag. People dying and get and, and, and dying. And all we want to talk about is those who disenfranchise. All we want to we want to rally for those who are disenfranchised. But all we want to talk about is the flag. And I said it last week, and I'm gonna say it again for those who didn't hear me. That spirit of patriotism is a demon from hell. If you don't respect people, it's a demon from hell. If it's not considerate of others' lives, it's a demon from hell. It'll slaughter innocent lives. It'll kill people in the name of being patriotic. And don't play with it. I see the demon's head and it's time for believers to get back in the middle of it. And when you're on the right, you can't see it. And when you're on the left, you can't see it because you're out of balance. But the moment you get back in the middle of it, Hallelujah. lift your hands, Father. I thank you for the correction. Just like you corrected Peter. Correct us. We know that you're the Lord, but correct us. Correct the church at large where we've been out of order. Help us remember that you're the center of it all and you died for our sins. No matter we're on the left, <laughs> no matter we're on the right. Will you give God praise? I feel God's anointing. Would you just go ahead and praise? I believe that'll help me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's praise him for the word. I ain't bought y'all. I'm bought by the blood. I got a position. I voted where I felt I needed to vote. But I'm only bought by the blood. I said I'm only bought by the blood. I have my preferences. But no one is higher than Jesus. No one is higher than God. I got my likes and my dislikes. But let's go ahead and praise him. We're coming back to the middle. Y'all better pray for me today. God's been talking to me about something. I can't get it out today. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, a few more seconds. We're getting back in the middle of it. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for our cities. Let people come to the knowledge of the Savior, power of Jesus Christ. We pray for President Trump today. We pray for to give you, give him peace. That you will deal with his emotions. That you will deal with his family. That you will secure him in righteousness. Where he's wobbling in the faith. Send an angel. Send an evangelist. An angel. Evangelist. Somebody don't care about his attitude. Somebody don't care about getting fired. Somebody don't care about what they look like. Send them with the love of God to speak to that man. Yeah. Shanda. Roko. Speak to his heart. And speak to his destiny. Do the same thing for Biden. Somebody don't care about what he want to do. Somebody ain't fan fan caught up in the crowd. Send an evangelist, an angel with a word, shot in the name of Jesus. Who are not afraid of their faces. Who are not afraid of their words. Here goes my last thing, and I think the Holy Spirit is telling me to shift, but thank y'all for hanging in with me. This is my last thing. I'm still in a battle personally as a pastor on what we're going to do in this season. We'll be returning soon at phase one. I already told you about that. I'll put a date out there. Pastor, people say, Pastor, you've been mentioning that for about a month now. Yeah, I've been warming y'all up, getting y'all ready. Try to get y'all to pay attention so when the instructions come out, you follow them because that will determine if you will enter in. All right? You're just not waking up on Sunday morning and coming. It's going to be some instructions. So I'll get that to you.
It ain't happening, not in this season, all right? But if you want to come, when phase one open, we'll like you to have you. We'll love you for those who want to return in this season. That's fine. And for those who don't want to return, we're not fussing over nobody. I'll go and say one of the principles of this season, let me say it right now, is stay where your peace is. That's what I'm saying. I'm not fussing over nobody, nothing. Stay where your peace is. If your peace is be home, connected online, stay there. If that's where your peace is right now, stay where your peace is. If you feel like God, you want to return and you want to be in the house of the Lord, when that time comes, come. But stay where your peace is. I'm not fussing at nobody about nothing. That's where the peace Stay where your peace is. Many times your peace is a sign where you're supposed to be at that season. All right? So there's no bullying going on. You ain't going to hear me preaching on nobody when the door's open. It ain't happening. Stay where your peace is. We're still in a safety measuring process. We still have safety things and people have other considerations. All right. And so I don't need y'all looking at nobody. And y'all stop listening to all them people on Facebook who act like the only reason people hadn't opened back at their church doors is because they are scared. Come on. God already told y'all. Don't be scared and don't be stupid. Be sober. Where's sober? In the middle. Don't be scared. Huh? Don't be stupid ignoring the safety precautions. Be in the middle. See there to go Holy Ghost again. All right, here I go. I'm about to go home. Be in the middle. Be sober. I'm about to go home. But this is what the Lord's been talking to me about. And I mentioned this before. And I'm saying this because I need some prayers, some intercessors, so I can bring what God is telling me down from the heavens into the earth. What I mean, God will give you an idea, but you got to format it and make it fit and go in the earth. So I need this idea, but God has been talking to me that while so many churches and people are so concerned about returning back to the church building, which is nothing wrong with it, God says, that's not the only place I am. I'm trying to get the church to go out. And this is what the Holy Ghost told me a, a month or two ago, and it shook my spirit. And I'm going to tell you, and hopefully it'll shake your spirit, but it shook mine. The Lord told me, spoke to me, and he spoke to me on behalf of the church, and this is what he said. The Holy Spirit said, y'all owe the world an apology. He said, where y'all been? They can't get themselves straight without the gospel. Where y'all been? Y'all been in the church. Y'all been doing y'all thing. He said, where y'all been? He said, they can't get themselves together. It's obvious that the devil has a stronghold over them. He said, y'all owe the world an apology. Because I sent you to preach my word and to bring freedom to the captives, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to preach the gospel to the poor. He said, where y'all been? Y'all owe the world an apology. Y'all owe the world a apology because I sent you, those who've been redeemed, to help those who are lost. And I'm telling you right now, I'm trying to balance something in my spirit that I really don't know fully how to bring down. But I'm trying to seek God to obey. And I want you to hear it. I want to talk it out in its raw form. I got to do something to get out of just being in the four walls. I got something so big in my spirit, I don't even know if it's the season or the time. I got something in my spirit to do for outside that I don't know if it fit, but I got to figure out how to get it done. Because God said, while y'all worried about coming together, I'm worried about sending you to somebody. They have no idea. This is what the Holy Ghost said to me. I'm going to give it to you right now. He said, they have no idea that I'm thinking about them because you ain't come and told them nothing.
They have no idea they don't have to die with a drug habit. They have no idea they can overcome prostitution and become what they were made to be. They have no idea they're still working in darkness because you had not come and spoke my word. God said, I need some representatives and I have none. They're all locked up in the church. Father, forgive us now. Forgive me now. Let me say this too. Y'all give me a minute. One of the things that was happening to us as a church, and, I, and I, I'm going to say truth gatherers, but I believe the body of Christ, but I want to I own something for a second. One of the things that was happening to us during this time of quarantine, which we were taking very safety measures, all of us had to, all of us have to, but at the same time of doing safety, we were losing God's heart for souls. We become desensitized that there are still people out there who are lost and confused. And so in our hearts or mindset as believers, we thought quarantine means take off from kingdom assignment. And there are many of you and many people who are not connected this morning because they are off kingdom assignment. They feel like quarantine means it's like, I'll come back to church when all the, when, when the pandemic come away. I'll come back to prayer when, when coronavirus is gone. We hadn't learned how to do God in the midst of it. And God sent correction to me, and I'm saying this publicly, so y'all can understand what it is to be a pastor for God. Where you serve people, but you're not controlled by people. You love people, you listen to people, but God's voice most, most matter. This is a real story. And the sister's not here today, but we've been practicing our essential services and those who are watching online, this is a real story. And I'm saying it for a purpose today to, to show you how you can easily become desensitized to souls. We came to church, keep playing. Y'all good? Keep, keep playing, there's seven people listen. Thank you, sir. We came to our service, praise and worship. I was walking in just about three weeks ago or so. As I was coming in, there was a young man on our porch, our church porch, with a Bible leaning against the pillar of our church. I saw him, I walked in, me and my assistant walked in. The assistant been handling all the people who show up and don't know that we're closed. They hadn't heard the word that we're open to close. So every once in a while, people will show up not knowing that we're not fully open to the public. So he helps give them information and just know what's going on. And we do it very hospitably. But this Sunday, this guy was there and we followed the same routine. He talked to the guy, let the guy know we're not open to the public, blah, 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 talk to the guy. Blah, blah. And the guy decided, he told me the word after he said, the guy decided, well, I'm going to just sit here and read my Bible. And he sat on the front of our porch, against the pillar, reading his Bible. We were on the inside praising God. Maintaining our social distance or not open to the public rule that we put in place. I walked in. I started lifting my hands. Minister Amber was leading you all in worship. While my hands were lifted, God said, get out of worship and go outside on that porch. He said, y'all becoming desensitized that there are people still hungry for God. There are people still searching for answers. Y'all start, y'all stuck up in that church. Y'all missing when to be sensitive. God said, get your hands. He's talking to me, but I believe he spoke to me and corrected me, but he's correcting all of us and I'm using myself as an example. He said, get your hands down out of worship and get out there. I walked out of here, got the assistant with me, asked him about the guy on the front porch. He said, he's gone, pastor. I said, hi. 
man I missed it uh, I was kind of upset uh, I missed it uh. I felt the burden of a leader who still can't miss it who got to be an example I was like oh goodness Lord I missed it I said come on let's get in the car let's go find him got in the car rolled down the street circled around the street tried to find the guy couldn't find him I began to repent right at that moment God forgive me I know what we're trying to do to keep safety we understand that but God I missed it I gotta catch that he was hungry he was willing to sit on our porch and read the Bible lean against the pillar and stay there while we was on the inside we could easily invite him in we got masks we got we got buttons to put little things that spray and get sanitized on it we could have put them over in a good side we got plenty of distance in here cuz ain't that many people in here we could have said but God we missed it we missed it we missed it we missed it help us to stop missing these assignments help us to stop missing these souls on the way back we're repenting at the moment we're pulling up at the church and I'm repenting here's another person walking on up through our grass say hey ma'am how are you doing she said I just came to see if the church is open yes it's open for you today right at that moment I say yes it's open for you today give us a second we're walking with you we do have some requirements amen but we're open for you we're not fully open to the public but we want you to come in please come in we're so glad you're here all the rest of our members are not normally here I wish they were we were in a normal situation you can really feel how loving we are as a people but today the group that is here we're glad to have you in she came for three Sundays straight you think I turned her away we told her to put on a mask we said this is our take your temperature come on in we're really not open to the public but come on in because somebody's hungry for God I'm telling you all this season while we're still quarantined God got his mind on somebody that if they die tomorrow without the gospel they're going to hell but we got to get back in the middle of it God is looking for us to get back in the middle of it God is looking for us to stay in intercession many of us get off your vacation there's still something to do in the spirit I'm talking about your vacation you ain't doing nothing right now get off the couch figure out how God can use you even in the midst of being sacred and let's repent to God come on everybody come on let's get back in the middle let's find that middle place come on y'all God's trying to still save souls God is still trying to reconcile man come on we got to get back in the middle of it Jesus stood in the middle of the cross and he died for the one who liked him and the one who didn't like him he died for the ones who was killing him he died for the ones who were crucified the vacation is over in the spirit the vacation is over believers we're getting back in the middle of it hey forgive us God forgive me God I've already done it privately but I'll do it publicly since I told the testimony forgive me God forgive me for being desensitized to a soul that I could easily make accommodation and I missed it I do it publicly I know you already forgave me but I do it publicly I know I'm already washed I know there's no condemnation on me and I know that but I do it publicly as a sign of leadership being sensitive to the spirit hallelujah and so father I pray today that if anybody's listening and they need to receive Jesus that they'll receive Jesus right now come on y'all keep your hands lifted let's lift our hands we're almost done thank you for hanging with me today I know I'm over our normal time we try to get out before noon but I know this was the Holy Spirit 
While your hands are lifted, we're going to take communion, so let's do it right now. We're going to take communion. And there is fresh renewal coming to many of your lives. It's time for you to be renewed. There's time for reconciliation. God is trying to renew us. Come on, thank you for hanging in us. Those who connected, go go get some crackers. Come on, we're gonna take the go get something to drink. Come on, we're almost done. Stay with us. Come on, it's that blood. Lift up that bread and break it. It represents the body that was bruised. Eat ye all of it. Eat it because we're being made whole. He's reconciling us and making us right. He's making us right. He's making us whole. We are complete in him. The Bible says to set your affections on things that are above. For our lives are hid with him. Set your affections on things which are above. And not below. And not beneath. That the juice represents the blood of Jesus. Every blood, every drip of his blood cleansed us. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Drink ye all of it. Sing it all. The blood of Jesus. Sing it all. Of Jesus. right now we're redeemed right now I'm renewed right now Praise him and thank him. Come on in right now. 
now in Jesus name if you prayed the prayer of faith you're praying you're saved right now hold the blood we sing oh we sing oh of the blood it was you I thank you for tuning in today. I believe you're being blessed by this word. Get back into the middle. God wants back into the, us to be the center of it. Even as Jesus is the center of our joy, even as Jesus is the center of our church, God wants us to be back in the middle of it. And I want to pray that that word has hit you in your heart and your spirit. I want to pray that you find renewal today. And don't forget on this weekend, on this Saturday, coming up, we need so many of you to be a part of this great giveaway. We've already got everything secured away for Tallahassee. It'll be at Lively Technical Center where we'll do the massive distribution for Tallahassee. And at Monticello, it'll be at the church, Victoria's Church in Monticello. But no matter where you will be, we're going to be doing a great thing for our community. And I want you to be a part of it. So Father, I thank you today for all of those who have joined in. They are definitely a part of this church, this ministry. And over, even though some of them are not even in the city or in even the state, but they're connected, they're faithful, they're givers, and many of them have become tithers. They feel like this is their home, their church. They feel like I'm their pastor. They feel like this is their people. They can't wait to come visit one day. But we thank you, Lord, for their connection. And we thank for all the Truth Gatherers members, whether in Monticello or whether they're in Tallahassee. No matter where they belong, they belong to this great ministry that you've given us in the earth. We thank you that you will bless every household. You will bless every member. We bless them through the trial and the circumstance. That you will lift anyone who's dealing with grief and give them joy. We give your name so much praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for connecting with us. In We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.